Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Too Legit to QT. I am your host, Koya, and we have today your co-host, Tish. She is back and pregnant as ever. Um, this is the first time our audience is going to be able to see you pregnant, so we definitely want to get a visual. But today we have the beautiful, the talented Kristen Fickman, writer extraordinaire, friend, uh, wife to a friend of the show, Andy Fickman. So we are just so excited to be able to chop it up and chat with you today. And we're just excited to have you on the show. Welcome. I'm so excited to be with you guys. This is going to be so fun. And Tish, I'm so excited for you. Yes. Can we get a visual bestie? Of yeah, the, the, yes. the audience, they want to see. They want to see. Yes. Give the people what they yes. want. So she's having twins, guys. Look at that. Strong mama. Strong mama. Yeah. We're all about strong mamas up in here. And Kristen. Kristen is the mother of a beautiful baby. Well, she's not a baby anymore. Yeah, I think before. Three, three and a half. Three and a half now. Uh, going, you know, definitely on like 17. Real, <laughs> real strong and uh, opinionated. And uh, she, oh, she told me uh, and Andy yesterday, she goes, I know how I got in your belly. And I was oh. like, oh, oh, you do. Oh, we're doing this. And she goes, yeah, <laughs> you ate me. And I was like, yep, that's it. Good job. You uh -oh. ate me. That's not oh, it. And then she looked at me, she goes, you're going to eat me again? And I was like, no. Oh, my God. They're just, it's such a fun age. And she's talking. I mean, she goes to this daycare preschool program that's incredible. But you pick her up and it just it's just nonstop. Um, from the from the time she gets in the car, and it's so sweet and precious, and and we love it. She's Paw Patrol obsessed right now, and loves Daniel Tiger, and so it's it's really fun. And it's opened Andy and I up to some new programming, so it's all good. Her um her Wednesday picture, the Wednesday from Netflix picture, killed me. It was so cute. The face, I was like, what is her face? Like she that, literally. Is that the Adams family? Yes. <laughs> Face. Yes. I was like, how did she is just she is all in character with Wednesday. She's, I was like, look at that face. She's a little performer. Yeah. So our very good friend Al Goff co-created that show with his um partner Miles Miller. And Al is just like, I could spend the whole podcast probably talking about him. He's been such a good friend and, and mentor to me. And um he's wonderful. And so we have been um, so excited for this show to come out and then for it to, I mean, it just, I think it broke every Netflix record for first week viewership and wow. it's just crushing. And like Jenna Ortega is incredible. Her Wednesday is just like phenomenal. Um, and so it's been so fun. And she woke up um, the on, on Wednesday and said, you know, I want to wear my Adams family shirt. And I was like, all right, but if we're doing this, we're doing this. And so I did the parades and she we got some black sweatpants and she went to school and she told everyone she was Wednesday and it was it was so fun. So she's just at like she's just kind of started doing that. It's new for us, you know. It's like I feel like she just started talking. And now, you know, turns out they have opinions and 
now, but um, but yeah, it's really fun, and, and we had such a fun time doing that. And everyone at her preschool thought it was really fun. So, oh my god, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Well, you so you are a great mom. You're like we see it all over your social media, all over your Instagram. You definitely like are hashtag mom goals. Uh, me and Tisha are always talking about it. We're like, Kristen is living her best life. And um, I would like to partake in that as well. Oh my gosh. Uh, but you also are this amazing writer. And so mm -hmm. uh, we just want to talk to you about all things you and the different parts of your life and just like how you got into writing, like what inspired your love for writing and screenwriting in particular? You went to Stanford. Did you study writing there? Tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, I, I really think looking back, I think it started really young. I was so into TV. I was so into movies. Like I just, I mean, I was like the ultimate consumer. I, I we, we still are, but I mean, I I watched so much TV. I remember um, at a really young age begging to stay up to watch like Nick at Night, like I Love Lucy and um, and Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie. And I mean, I think it was also like the Dick Van Dyke show, like some yeah. real, real like old school yeah. um, programming. But I was just, I mean, I was in love with Lucille Ball at, at such an early age and, and just... Uh, I really, really took in everything. And then like sitcoms, Full House. Um, I, I was I was of that kind of, what was it? T, uh, TGIF era? Yes. yes. Oh, this is like yes. a millennial, you're just like a millennial throwback here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so, you know, I really kind of grew up with that. And then um, I was a big reader and my dad um, read to me every night. My dad and I were very close and he started me with... Um, Boxcar Children, and then Nancy Drew, um, and so I was really, really into that. And then, um, you know, of course, like Harry Potter would came into the mix when I was in grade school, and so I was a really, um, really voracious reader. And so I think those two things, kind of my whole life, were always influencing me. Um, but my whole family's in medicine, so I thought, well, I'll be a doctor, I'll be a nurse, I'll, I'll do something in medicine. And then I got to school and I actually went to boarding school in New Hampshire for high school. Um, I thought it was Hogwarts. And so I <laughs> there are definitely going to be some secret passageways. Um, and, um, and I, I loved it, but it really opened my world. I was from small town, Minnesota. Um, and, and so there I started to kind of fall in love with writing, um, loved all my English classes. I had this one teacher um, named Pam Paris. I almost always write a character after her in, in everything now. And she would sit down with me and kind of go through like word for word um, a lot of my essays and say like, well, you don't need that word. Do you like read it without that word? And I'd be like, oh, oh, she's right. Or she'd be like, this is passive. Like we don't, we don't need to say this. You can change it to this. And she would, or she'd say like, what's a, what's a more fun word? you know, for running, like what speed are they sprinting? Are they sauntering? Are they, you know, skipping? Like what is, what's more fun? Mm -hmm. And so she really, um, I really credit her with my, like, I guess, nitty gritty basic technique um, because she really, I mean, I spent hours with her and um, she was just a really great inspiration. Um, but it wasn't really until in between high school and college, um, I had, I had caught like an, a little acting bug. Um, which was a mistake, 
but I <laughs> and uh, and I went to LA for a little bit, and um, I had this wonderful acting coach who um, was married to Andy's producing partner, and so that was that was where how I met. Andy eventually, not at not at the time, but that was kind of my entree into the industry. And then I realized that, you know, this is this acting probably isn't for me. Um, I, I was a theater major at Stanford um, and I did. Um, and now they have a creative writing minor. But at the time, I don't I don't think they did. But I did all the creative writing courses that you could. Um, and so by the time I got to college, I knew that's I wanted to be a writer. Um, and I did not know how. I did not know if it was possible. I did not know. You know, it's it seems. I don't know. I think, especially coming from Minnesota, it just doesn't seem like a thing you can do, right? It seems like oh, TV shows up, and I love watching it. But where does it come from, and how does it get there? Like it's it's um, just not. Um, you know, there are not a lot of entertainment career fairs out here. So. <laughs> So when I was at, at Stanford, I really fell in love with it. I had a great playwriting instructor named Amy Freed, who was just incredible. Um, and I did my first play there. And that's when I was really like, I, I remember getting my first laugh, like sitting in the audience and my writing getting a laugh and me being like, this is the best feeling on earth. <laughs> like they laughed at me. They think I'm funny. They like me. Oh my God. Like I just was so thrilled. Um, and so that's really, really Stanford was when I was like, I have, I have to give it a shot. Mm. But I do think a lot of things influenced me in a subtle way while I was growing up that I now look back on and go, oh, you know, of course, like that, that was my favorite thing. And now it makes sense. So lots of good inspiration along the way. And I think you still, you know, every day, all the content we watch inspires us and so I think that it's important to kind of keep consuming and keep that like love of what you originally, um, what you originally inspired you in film and TV. I mean, it's such a, such a difficult industry and to kind of turn something on and go, oh, that feeling, that's why, I, that's why I love to do it. Mm -hmm. so I think that's important, but I definitely, I would say other creators are always were at the beginning and still are kind of my biggest, my biggest inspo. Are there are there any writers that you kind of like admire now? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my! I I fa I'm the biggest fan girl. Like I should not be allowed out. Um, <laughs> you know, like sometimes when we're on set, I'm like I shouldn't be here. I'm like I'm, you know, I'm so like I get so excited. Um, I mean, the obvious uh, Queen Shonda is just like oh, I, I yeah. Bridgerton, Bridgerton. Oh, oh my god, that's so good. And I, I, um, I, I just everything that they do at Shondaland is just incredible. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. You know, with her. Oh, mm -hmm. she's like everything. And um, and you know, even she wrote the movie Crossroads, the Britney Spears movie, like a long time ago. And I. You are like a true through and through millennial. You are bringing up like all of the things that I used to watch. I'm like, oh, I love that movie. And yes, I don't care what anybody too. says. I, had, I brought up um, a Cinderella story in a pitch the other day. And the execs were like, yes, yes. 
Oh my you know, God. it's coming back though. That whole like era is definitely like coming back. People are like looping it back, back yes. through and through and through. Oh yeah. I introduced my nieces or our college age and I'm always like, you gotta watch this. You gotta watch this. You gotta watch this. And everything they're like, wait, why are these so good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Era. Did you watch Anna Green Gables? Because me and Bestie were having a conversation about that. And she was like, well, hasn't everybody? I said, no, they haven't. Because when I bring it up, people are like, what, what? How do you know about that? <laughs> did you watch, the, did you read the books and did you watch them? Yes. Books? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Class, by the way, classic. Yeah, I love Annie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, but so Shonda, Shonda forever. Um, she is like my my ultimate. Um, I love what Mike White is doing with White Lotus right now. I think yeah. like the whole like class war thing is is so cool, and those characters are just like fresh and so fun to like. You'd watch them do anything. Um, so I really admire him. Also loved him on Survivor, low key, yeah. like big Survivor fan. Um, and and then uh Al, who I previously mentioned, Al and his partner Miles, they did Smallville, um, Millennial. Um, oh. they did Smallville for you know 850 seasons or however long it ran, and <laughs> um and they have a very prolific um film and TV career, which I think is is really um, fantastic and interesting. They did I Am Number Four, Incredible, Spider-Man's, like, and so I, I really look up to them a lot um, because I think it's so fun. Um, I want to work in both film and TV, and I think it's it's so fun to to be good at those uh, mediums. Um, I mean, there's so many people I just absolutely idolize. Um, man. Who else do I absolutely love? Um, Carlton Cuse, so good. Um, I mean, there's there's so many, um, but I think that I think that right now it's such a creator's medium. I mean, there's so many shows, there's so much content, so many fun voices. Um, you know, we uh, Andy did Heather's the music or does Heather's the musical still, and um, Kevin Murphy and Larry O'Keefe who wrote that are just incredible. Um, and so there's so many I look up to. I love you know, that. Also, when you when you're talking about like there's still a lot of different creative voices now, because we're yeah. a little like when I started out, it wasn't as diverse as it is yeah. right now. What have you seen like in the writers' room, like as far as like the different voices? There are so, you know, there there are so many great voices out there, and I think it's it's so interesting because with streamers and and everybody there's um you know there's just there's a seat at the table for everybody and i think that that's so important and it's it's so important to have those characters feel authentic and and that shift to making sure that everybody's represented and what you're seeing on screen is is what you see in your daily life is is so important and i think that the push for that right now is huge and um and i think that there's there's a lot of um there's there's so much wonderful representation happening. Obviously, there still needs to be more. Um, but I think that that there's there's definitely a positive change happening, even if it, if we're not there yet. You know? Yeah, yeah. I see like encounter. Oh, go ahead, Bestie. Go ahead, Bestie. Go ahead. Well, like, have you have you encountered any like obstacles or challenges in like? fighting for your 
characters, like authentic voice to be seen and to be heard, um, being a woman in the writer's room, like how have you been able to navigate that? Because sometimes like people might want to come in and completely change the core of the character yeah. and whatnot. You know, it, it's so interesting because I think there's such a fine line between um, taking notes as a writer, because that's a really important part of the process, um, and holding on to what you know is true. Um, I think that, I think a note that I used to get that I do not get anymore that I'm so happy about is I used to get the, um, she's unlikable note a lot. Mm. I used to get, I don't think she's likable. And I used to get it from men. And I would be like, hmm, okay. Um, and yeah, and, and, now, I think that there's probably a note within that note that's true and rings true. Um, and that would be up to me to look at and find. But I don't I don't like the wording of that note. Mm. I don't like uh, because you there are unlikable people everywhere. There are mm. I mean, I would I would argue that, you know, a show like White Lotus is full of unlikable characters. Mm -hmm. And and so there you know, that was always a note that I always kind of cringed at whenever I got it, but I, I don't get that note anymore. And, mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's because a lot of people, at least I like to think it's because a lot of people have realized that these complex characters are what people want to see on screen now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, these, nobody's one, you can't have a one dimensional character anymore. It's, it's too easy to, to pick out. And so I think that, um, in, a positive way. I don't feel like I I get a lot of notes that I disagree with right now. I don't get a lot of um, a lot of people saying I don't like that she did this, and, and particularly with women, um, you know that that doesn't really happen to me as much anymore. Um, but that also might speak to the producers I'm working with. I love all my producers so much. Um, I work a lot with Gina Matthews, who um, is just incredible. Um, she produced 13 going on 30. Um, isn't it romantic? She's, she's really great. I work with her and Todd Gardner who, and they work a lot together. Um, and I, and I just like, I get great, I get great feedback. And so I think part of it is that, um, in the kind of shift in the industry, like I, I really feel like, um, people like to nurture your characters maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. so, it becomes more about like the notes I'm getting are more about how to take it to the next level. How do you, That's what great. is even more interesting about her? Like, what are you pulling out? Um, what's another layer to her? And those are, those are the notes as a writer you love to get and are, are interesting and fun to play with. Um, so I think I definitely in the past have had moments where I, I disagreed with a note and I think, I always kind of try to sit with it and think, oh, there's got to be a note within that note that is useful um, because you work with good people and everybody has usually has a, a really great opinion. And so I kind of try to look at it that way as if there's something that I really have like a, a visceral reaction to. That's one thing. Then you can you can sit back and say, how, how am I going to respond to this and take a moment to kind of, you know, articulate um, your views. And that's that's definitely happened to me before, but I think recently it's it's really been about kind of making those characters even more complicated and and more real and um, more empathetic um, and and strong and 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 I don't mean strong in like 
the character, but strong as a character. Yeah. Like you know, very weird. Yes. It's interesting that you talk about that note that you're getting, but do you think it's because there's also more inclusivity in the rooms that you sit in with the people who are giving notes? Because, Definitely. yeah, I, because I, I'm finding all the way around that because inclusivity is just a thing that everyone's pushing for right now, that mm -hmm it just affects every area. The people who are giving notes, the people who are taking in, you know, new scripts and they're all having different opinions about right. the type of characters that they also want to see as well. Sure. So do you find, do you see a difference in how that room looks as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I also think, um, you know, I do a lot of work in features, which do doesn't have a, a room. It's, it's just me and producers, and, um, and so what I, what I think is because people are so aware, I think people are very conscious, myself included, that there are also things you can't comment on. So like, I, mm. like, I think that, um, there are certain, like if a character has a, a certain, um, background or an actor or actress has a certain background and they're the person to best comment on it, they're the person who you should be listening to. And I think that that there's a lot of um, I think because of that, there's a lot of of awareness around that. And I think that that's so good because I know um, I know that there are certain things I don't I don't know as much about. And that's not my I can't give the best note on that. And mm -hmm. I do think that people realize that and understand that. And so I definitely I definitely see a change and see that there are, um, you know, if if I don't if I don't know someone, I or know something, I go to a peer and say, what do you think about this? You know, how can I best serve this character? Um, so I definitely, I definitely see that a lot. Um, I see that a lot when it comes to um, languages in a script, you know, like if you, if you um, want a character to speak a certain language, I always am kind of like, well, you know, let's talk to the actor. Let's see what the actor thinks about that and what they feel their character would do. Hmm. And so I, I definitely I see that in a in a really positive manner. And I and I definitely see areas where you can improve. I mean, there I think everybody's always uh, learning and, and growing, but I think that everybody is um, highly aware, which is such a positive thing. Yeah, I think it's also to just inclusivity and in marketing. Like I was in Target the other day and I saw an African-American plus size model who had Vitalago. And I was like, you would have never seen that 15, 20 years ago. I was yeah. like, that is like the epitome of diversity. I saw an mm -hmm. Adidas ad and it was like this like plus size girl in like, a um a sports bra and i was just like i love that because gen z is not playing and also too, like, they're not they're not they're like i matter i have value i don't care about if i don't care about if the powers that be accept me you will hear me you will see me period yeah. point blank and i love it i i, I love it um i also think that too it's 
it's it's just this the the streaming networks they're also competing with TikTok. So you can't you can't have people out here who are like making their own content which is hilarious and dramatic. I mean in their own homes and people want to watch it for hours and hours and hours on end and you not and you not address that in right. in TV and in film and streaming networks. So I also think that like networks have had to like, you, you have to do it. What else are you going to do oh, yeah. with that? Oh, and I, I love it. Call out your phony, your phony stuff in a heartbeat. All of my, all of my nieces are Gen Z and they are my idols. I mean, they just are like, they are going after everything and I love it. And um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. But I, I think you're totally right. It's, it's, there's so much content that is social media and uh, TikTok and and um, be real and things where people are are really pushing um, authentic voices, mm -hmm. and it um, makes it makes streamers step it up a level. Makes networks, everybody has to step up their game. Yeah, and nobody's telling them that they can't. I think millennials. I don't know. I don't know about your experience, but I just remember it being like, "Well, no, you can't do that," or like, uh, you know, it typically this is how it's done. It was a lot of this. Like, you go to grad school if you want to like make six figures, and then the information age and all these like tech jobs completely like eradicated mm -hmm. that. Or you know, um, I know Tish, you talked about when we graduated from grad school and like your age. Yeah. Was like, you know, black girls only do this or that, but like oh, Gen Z I dropped her, FYI, immediately. And you dropped her. <laughs> but Gen Z, nobody's sitting around saying you can or cannot do this. They're like, you can, and they're just they're so brave and they're bold and they're going after it. And I I I, I absolutely, absolutely love that. Um, you talked a little bit about taking in criticism, taking in notes and whatnot. Were there any, so like when you were starting out as a writer, mm -hmm. um, did you have to like develop any new like ideologies or like a process for like handling like rejection and criticism? Sure, although I'm still doing that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I started as an, I, I was an intern, I started as an assistant. And I think that that is, is so valuable um, for people wanting to get into the industry because you need that entry point. It doesn't, doesn't matter what it yeah. is. I mean, there's no right way to do anything. There's no, you know, Andy was in the mailroom. Um, that's how he started. Um, I was an intern, then I was an assistant. That's how I started. I mean, everybody starts somewhere and you learn. And I saw so many writers not take notes from producers and the projects would never advance. Um, and, and I think when you you take that stuff in, you might not know at the in the moment that that's really helping your career, but really gave me a good foundation of kind of do's and don'ts of um, being in this business. And um, you know, Andy, Andy and I have been married now for six years, and even learning from each other is so wonderful. And we're we're still kind of learning that, but. But as a writer, I think I had to learn really early on. And I think that the sooner any writer learns this, the better. Writing is just rewriting all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. You are never done with a script. Even after it is filmed, you're going to edit it. I mean, 
it is you are never, ever done. And I think once you can accept that and you can understand that this is a collaborative process, like that script might be your baby, but it's then going to be the director's baby. It's going to be the actor's baby. It's the producer's baby. It's the editor's baby. It's the crew's baby. I mean, that is this is a it's a team sport. And so, you know, I think that writing can be very isolating. And I think when you're sitting by yourself and you're creating these characters, you feel such ownership over them. Mm. And then I think as the script grows, you have to realize that your one mind might not be what's best for your babies and your project. And the more people who loves it, the better. And so yeah. I think that was really important for me to learn early. And it's something that definitely took a couple years because I would finish something. I'd be so proud of it. And my first pilot I went out with was a boarding school show based off my experience at Exeter. And I, oh man, I was like, so proud of this. I was like, this is <laughs> thing. This is the thing. And I'm like early twenties and I'm like, man, this is no show is better than this show. Right. And, um, didn't sell, got me my manager, got me a ton of great meetings. And now I look back at that and I'm like, Oh, Oh, Kristen. Oh. Uh. And so you, as long as you can always learn from yourself and the other people around you, I think that that is so important think it's so important to do your notes. Like I, I think I very, very, very rarely do I fight a note. I think there's probably something very valuable in, in every note. And that doesn't mean you don't say, Hey, can you explain this further to me? You, of course you talk about notes, you discuss them, whoever you're getting from director, producer, actor. Um, but you do them, you, you figure out what, what is missing for them in the story. Um, especially for me right now, a lot of my producers are wildly prolific um, and and I don't believe I know better than them at all. And so, um, and that doesn't mean you don't have artistic integrity. It just means that you are able to integrate um, their thoughts and improve your work. Mm -hmm. um, and I always, I love working with Todd Gardner so much. And one thing I love about him is he just, he, he gives a hard and fast note and I'll be like, right. Yep. And almost every time he gives a note, I'm like, should have got that. Should have thought of that. And every time I have that, like, should have thought of that moment, I'm like, oh, it's a great note. And so I think that, I think learning to take notes is so, so, so important, but it is a skill because it is hard. It's criticism. You're sitting there, you know, for an hour on a Zoom or in person or whatever, having somebody what feels like tear apart your script. Um, that's not it. You know, it's show business and they're they're trying to make it take you to the next level. Um, and you learn so much from it. And then all of a sudden you get less and less notes. And then the next project, you get less feedback because you're like, oh, right, I got better the last time. Um, and I think that especially um, for younger writers, that's really important, really important to learn and a, and a, a hard lesson to learn in the beginning, especially. Um, and then it just becomes second nature. Do you think part of that is because you found like people in your community that you could trust with your writing? You know, yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like also when you read scripts sometimes, you know, 
it's, it's just really the community that you have and the people mm -hmm. who really believe in the authentic voice that you have because people can mess it up. I mean, I'm sure. sure mess it up. Absolutely. I am so blessed with the producers that, that I work with. Um, I love them. I trust them. Um, I, I definitely pass on projects where I don't feel that creative connection um, because um, a lot of times I'm writing on spec, you know, which means you you write a whole script, you you spend years on a project um, that you may or may not sell, and so being able to trust your creative partners is vital, absolutely. And you know, I'm I'm so lucky because I have a, a built-in partner with my husband, and we work a lot together, and um, his company Oops Donuts is incredible. And they have so many, you know, he has his partner, Betsy and his director of development, Mary Kate. And I, I mean, poor Mary Kate, she has to read every <laughs> one of my, what. and I'm always like, please help me proofread this, you know, give me notes, give me thoughts and um, bless her. She does it every time. Um, and she's, and so, you know, I definitely have built that community, but you know, that's some, that's something that you kind of develop over time. Um, yeah. and, and you almost don't know you're doing it when you're doing it. And that also is, is kind of like, you know, rejection in this town is so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. It's yeah. so hard. It's, it's like getting punched in the face over and over again. In and the heart and the heart and the heart. Yeah. <laughs> Stabbed in the heart, punched in the there face. Look, in the heart. What your teacher said. Can we find, <laughs> find a more a, a more fun word like word stabbed yeah. in the heart like that? <laughs> Get it on a t-shirt. Um, but so it's it's very very hard. But I always try. Um, I had I had my best year of this year, and I had my hardest year. I had some great projects with some just incredible A-list actors attached that. I just idolize. Um, and I think I got almost 60 passes across three projects. I mean, oh, just brutal, absolutely yeah. brutal. And I just remember, you know, after the, and they all went out kind of at the same time. So it was just like, it was, it was so tough. And I remember afterward being like, okay, all right, we have to, you have to keep going. You have to what's next? What are we doing next? But you then kind of take, all right, what did I, what did I gain from that project? What did I gain from that project? And whether it's a relationship or something you feel like you learned creatively, um, or you found a new partnership, like you always learn something from every project that is so valuable. And then at a couple months later, I found myself doing projects with 90% of the people I'd worked with earlier in the year, totally new projects yeah. that came yeah. up and you're like, Oh, right, right. That's, you know, one door closes, window opens. And I think that if you can try to turn, even if it's something small, turn any sort of rejection into a positive, I think that that's the only way you survive. Um, and I keep thinking about, you know, you watch, like I love watching the Emmys and I love the Oscars and, and um, you watch those shows. And I used to think, oh, you know, when anybody won a big award or, you know, a WGA award or something like, oh, this is the best 
this is the most important day of their career. And now I'm like, oh, no, it's not. It's probably not at all. It, the most important day of their career is probably, you know, dealing with every single no they got and the next day writing again, because yeah. that's hard. That's and and everybody goes through it. And so, you know, you you I think really walking myself through all those rejections and saying, okay, you know, what did I gain from this? What did I gain from this? The best thing I can do today is write. The best thing I can do is write something. And I always have a list of ideas going. I, I have so many things I want to write. And so I kind of look at that list and I'm like, what's next? And I'm, I'm, I find myself usually pretty backed up. And so I know I always have something and sitting down and like facing the blank page is always is always the the best thing you can do after those um, because then you find your new inspiration and and projects come back around too you know it's never I I don't think anything is ever truly truly just done um, and so I mean I've I've had that boarding school pilot I wrote my first one we've gone out with it like three <laughs> times because someone will be like hey we're looking for boarding school and I'll be like. So stay ready. So you don't have to get ready. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so you know it's it's tough, and I think that um, having your community is vital to that. Mm -hmm. To that kind yeah. of, you know, even my friends who aren't in the industry um, who've had to, you know, listen to me talk about it endlessly. That you know, <laughs> and they're like, "You did what? What happened?" Um, and so I, you know, that, that support system is, is important, but, but your own drive is the most important thing. You know, nobody is going to take care of yourself like you, nobody is going to push you like you. And I think that that's the only way you kind of get through those moments because they are hard. Can I ask you another question? Because you mentioned community and if you, if you listen to the podcast, you know, that community is a huge thing for this show. How, because, and, and a lot of people who are target audience, you know, they don't know how to recognize who their community is or mm -hmm. how to like find signs. Because you think, and I've had this experience, and you know, I love Andy too because he's taught me so much about community and the type of people that you want to work with. And I tell myself all the time, like, like I have an example of a person who shows me what community is, right? Um, for myself, but how can people recognize when you have? like people with accolades who are like super huge and they do all these things or whatever, whether or not these people are part of your community, because sometimes the accolades like, oh, they did this movie and that movie and that movie can blind people to who really believes in them. So mm -hmm. how are you able to find that out? Because not everybody's for you, you know, right. in this industry, even if they have all these accolades, like they'll sometimes like, really diminish your dreams and make you feel like crap just because they've been successful in this one area. Yeah. Well, that person is definitely not your community. Um, I think, I think time really, because I think the more time you spend with someone is how, how you figure out who they are as a, as a person, no matter what. Um, accolades are great. Um, but I think somebody who, um, gives you their time, right? So like somebody who says, yeah, I'll read your script. Yes, I'll give you thoughtful notes. Like that's that that's a lot of work. 
I mean, yeah. if I read somebody's script and give notes, that's half a day. I mean, maybe I'm slow, but like I, I try to be thoughtful and think about it. And and so I think somebody who really gives you your time um, and not just once and somebody who um, doesn't shy away when you fail um, is also somebody who's in your community because you're going to fail. Yeah. And, um, and somebody who encourages you not just to like not give up, but somebody who has thoughtful ideas of what you can do better. Like the, mm. the people who really want to elevate you in your life, you'll feel that. Like, you know, yeah. I am writing a, a, a comedy with a, a girlfriend of mine. We met on Instagram and um, she is so encouraging and wonderful. But even when something doesn't sell or something that, you know, we're like, we're so sure is going to be, you know, the one, um, she is still always there. And she is still like, you know, it sucks this, you know, it's hard, but you're, you're next one, the next, you know, like those of, of, you know, words that aren't empty. Um, and I also think it's important to note that like mentors and community doesn't mean like, a person who will get you a job, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I think that I I meet some people who see a connection and will go, oh, that person can call so and so, who will then do this, and and like, yeah, doesn't work that way. Like that's not that's you need someone who's going to nurture your talent and your creativity first, um, because if. If your content, if if you're not the best creative voice you can be, then you know the phone calls or the jobs or whatever, you're not going to thrive. And so I think that if if you look at people who give you their time and and really give you constructive criticism, not just criticism, um, certainly anybody who puts you down is not in your community. That is not, you know, I, and sure there's like tough love, but you know, tough love is, is, Hey, you know, I don't think this script is ready to be seen. Here's what I think you could do to make it ready to be seen. That's tough love. But, you know, so I I think that probably time is the, is the biggest factor and in both giving it and evaluating who a person really is. Um, And you mentioned earlier too. Oh, I think I was going to say, I'm glad she said that. Because I think yeah. I think it's so important for people to understand because we're all when you're like when you're a creative, we all just want one person to believe it, believe in us in the time that we want them to believe in us. Mm-hmm. And we want it now. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just not the time. And I found that out my myself. It's just like it's, it's a timing thing too, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, we I think everybody has to find that out the hard way usually. Um, at least I feel like that's how I found it out. Um, and, and so it's, I mean, there is no overnight success in, in this town. There's like, what, there was something Andy used to say. It was like 10 years in an overnight or something like that. Where it's like, I I know what, I know what you're talking about. It's like, it takes 
eight to 10 years to make uh, for an overnight success. Yes, or something that's like that. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. that's so true. And like, you know, some of my, some of my family members being like, Oh, Lynn manuel Miranda just did Hamilton and became famous. And I'm like, no, he didn't. No, he, didn't. he was no. a substitute and workshop that for yeah. years, yeah. like for years when you get into his story, cause I am the research queen. Yes, um, you you're like, Oh, this was like, it was a history to that. He even oh. talks about like his wife. He's like, I don't know why she married me. Like she just believed oh, that. Like, yeah. like, no, he said that. He's like, she just believed that like, you know, it would all work out because he was like, I was, you know, a struggling playwright. I was a substitute teacher. I mean, yeah. he was, he was workshopping those plays. I mean, not even like off Broadway, Broadway, like he was workshopping them in yeah. like the public school system circuit. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so. he did. Did he? I think he did the music for Bring It On. He did In the Height. I mean, he did a really? ton before. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you know, you also mentioned too, I just wanted to comment on a few things that you said just for mm-hmm. like our creatives, filmmakers, writers out there. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about earlier how it also can happen like indirectly. I think sometimes people, I know for a long time, I found myself in that position where I was like, I don't have community. I don't have people in this industry that I know. And then mm-hmm. all of the people that like I went to school with or that I, that I was mm-hmm. like coming up with, like my best friend, Tish, you know, it's mm. like th- those are your community, like because those yes. people are working and those people are out there um, going after their dreams. And it's mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't even know that it's happening, but sure. it is happening. And I don't think that I used to think I need a mentor. And I need I need this. But I also didn't realize that sometimes you can have indirect mentorship. Um, yeah. And then you mentioned the lady that you're co-writing with uh, that you met via Instagram and how yeah. you can have members in your community that you collaborate with. You can have members in your community that support you. You know, I see how your best friend, like you said, you're sometimes you just need somebody to vent to and to yes. talk to about that yeah. rejection. So then you can continue to do the work so you can become that Overnight success in ten years. Well, <laughs> so, like it's probably twenty for me, but you know, um, oh. you know toma- tomato, tomato, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody, you know, I always, I'm such a firm believer that you're exactly where you're supposed to be, yes. and um, and every, you know, I just don't think I could, I could put one foot in front of the other if I didn't think that everything happened for a reason, and and, but I, I also feel like I've seen it so much, and um. You know, I used to be, uh, I mean, I still am. I, I'm a big fan of the show Alias with Jennifer Gardner. And yeah. when I watched that show, I was young and I I wanted, I was like, well, I have to do, I have to do martial arts now. So <laughs> I did Taekwondo for 10 years to get a black belt because I wanted to be Sydney Bristow. And now my writing, I love action comedies with women. And I... I know exactly where it came from. I, I keep the alias pilot like right over here so I can read it anytime I want because I love it. Um, and and so like and any any kind of action thing I write, the next one's always better. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I know that I can see all these little things that have informed it and I can see things that I did on, um, you know, a, a movie a couple years ago that I'm now doing better here. And so it is, 
I mean, there's just no substitute for time and learning and writing um, and reading. And I think that there is, especially in Hollywood, that can <clears throat> be very youth focused, that yeah. it's, you know, you always feel like you're running out of time. Mm. And I think that I've really had to let that go, especially after I had a baby and, and, um, and say, no, like you just, you have to keep going at your own pace creatively and trust yeah. the process, which can be frustrating and hard and, and, and really difficult, but really important. And, and I think building your community happens with, within that. You know, it, it remind what you said just reminded me. I read your blog, Kristen writes <laughs> things, <laughs> which, and, by um, the way, started at the beginning of the pandemic. Sorry, yes. I missed that. Yes. Oh, I think I think there was a, a lag in the um, the 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 video, but um, you know, I was looking at one of your blogs, and you mentioned that how at one point you were like okay, I had this baby and now I guess my dreams are done. And you were like, what? Like, how could I <laughs> even think that? Like, this is yeah. informing my, yeah. my writing even more. Yeah. And I just, um, one of the things that I, I can say that I see like a through line with you is that you're very, um, you do a lot of introspection. I see that in your post on Instagram. I see that in your blog. Um, and just even now with you talking, you're like, everything has value. Everything has a purpose. Everything happens for a reason. And it seems mm -hmm. like you do a lot of self-examination and then you practice like self-compassion. Um, I think there's so many people, moms, people who are past the age of 30 or 40 in the industry who believe what you, what you, what you just said that they're like running out of time, but yeah. they're like not realizing that everything that you're doing is informing the next thing that's informing the next oh. thing for those people who have lost hope, because we were also just living in a climate where there's a lot of beautiful things happening, but there are a lot of people out there who are just mm -hmm. feeling very hopeless and defeated. Yes. They've been in this marathon for like a, like a quick, hot 10 year minute, <laughs> 20 year <laughs> minute. Um, can you just like, tell us a little bit about, um, just like when you had your baby, when you had Georgie, yeah. like how you were able to like process all of those things so you can continue to keep going. So, yeah. So I had Georgie um, May 2019 and Andy had just finished filming Playing With Fire and he was going into post for it. And the release dates um, had moved up. And so he was he was really working overtime. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I was in kind of a, a bit of a panic. And, you know, when you have a, when you're a first time mom, everything's terrifying, right? Everything is, everything is scary. You're like, am I, you know, if I, if I bathe the baby the wrong way, what's going to happen? Like, you know, it's just like all the things that I'm now like, you're fine. I, I was not like that when she was born. And, um, you know, I think breastfeeding is really difficult and I really, really struggled with that. Um, and I think mom shame, mom pressure, like there's so many things. There's so many wonderful things about social media and there are so many terrible things about social media. 
And, um, and I know everybody wrestles with that. I know, you know, there's so many wonderful stories you see. And then there's so many times you're like, oh, look at that mom is perfect. And she looks perfect. And her aesthetic is perfect. And all her photos are perfect. And her kids seem perfect. And she has a job. Like, you know, you look at that. And so... A like, you look at these mompreneurs, Kristen, and you're like, well, how are they doing this? They're like, mompreneur, and I'm like, well, how? how? No, and and so I think that um, I just hit this this wall where I was like, okay, well, I'm never going to work again because I have to keep this human alive, and um, and I, you know, there's no maternity leave when you're a, a freelance writer. So yeah. nobody is is paying you your salary to take care of the baby. Um, and so I think that I I personally lost a lot of self-value, um, even though you're arguably your most valuable self because you've just grown a human and pushed it out of your body or however you end up, whatever your childbirth experience is and are feeding it, whatever that journey looks like. Either way, like you're superhuman, right? You're absolutely superhuman. And it's incredible that I just felt so, so devalued. And so, and it was, and it was nothing, it was certainly nothing. I, you know, Andy did, he's the most wonderful partner and father. It's nothing, you know, it was just the change of my life and your body. And, um, and so I, and I didn't feel creative. I felt gross and I felt just like, you know, I had milk coming out of my body and, and I was stretched out everywhere. And you just like it, I just, I, I was so happy and in love with Georgie, but I was so nervous that I, my career was going to suffer. And the reality became which I think probably took me, probably took a full year for me to fully understand, but little by little I did, that um, you, I'd, I'd gained so much through that experience because there is absolutely no way to know what it's like to be a parent until you're a parent. Um, and there, I, I had new emotions to draw on. Um, I had comedy from the new human that exited me. Um, and so I realized like I gained so much and, but it was very hard to see in the moment. Um, and I think what really helped me was watching TV, watching movies, comedy. I, I think there is absolutely no, you know, no substitute for laughter and, and all that. And so you know, and my husband, of course, was always helpful and he's very funny and in general, like just by nature. Um, and so, you know, my, um, my mother is very hands-on and, and so, and my friendships, my female friendships, I have wonderful friends from college and high school and grade school. And, um, so I think you slowly kind of have to, um, become a new version of yourself, right? It's your own kind of rebirth. And that transformation took me a while. And, and I think you have to feel those feelings. At least it was my experience that you kind of have to be like, okay, it's okay. I feel this way. It's okay. This is, this is kind of the process. Um, 
I really tried to focus on moments with Georgie that were so special. Um, and then I remember my big kind of epiphany for a very long time. I was like, I can do it without help. I can do it without the babysitter or without daycare or without anything like that. I can, I can write while she's napping. I can, you know, all this stuff. This is she. This is this is Tish. Is like I'm listening to what you're saying, and I'm like, you were up here really preaching to Tish. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> this is like what she's saying. I'm it, sorry, go. It's so, but it's so like you. It, that makes sense. It makes logical sense that like okay, I can. I'll have. I'll have. You know, when they're newborns, they sleep a lot. I'll have a lot of time. Oh my gosh, I was feeding thing all the time. I was. <laughs> I was gross. I was washing bottles and pump parts and, you know, like, and then I would, I was, by the way, I was exhausted. So then I would sit down and look at the page and be like, why, why can't I form a sentence? What is happening? And, and so I, once I finally, and I think it was like eight months in, we, um, we were in New York and Andy was just starting the crew um, for Netflix and I found this incredible babysitter um, who was like our nanny for, we were only there a few months because um, COVID hit, but she was literally, her name was Barbara. Her name is Barbara. I love her. I still love her. And she was like, you, you can't, you can't do all this by yourself. And once you kind of understand that, then that opened up my world where you know, I felt like, okay, I'm a better mom if I work. I'm a better mom if I create. And once I allowed that to be like my truth, then everything got better. And I was like, okay, it's okay for me to have help because I need to, I need to work. I need to do something that's important to my identity apart from being a mom. Um, and I've decided I think the hardest job on earth is being a stay-at-home mom. I think that is like the absolute hardest thing. And I like my girlfriends who are stay-at-home moms are just like top, you know, top tier like humans. And I mean, just I, I bow down to them. And I think that that is perfect for them and their families. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, balancing motherhood, especially as a first time mom is looks so different for everybody. Right. And for me, I was like, okay, once I realized help was important and help was the only way I was going to still accomplish my goals as a, you know, 34 year old woman that became very important. And then that really, um, jump started kind of the next portion of my life where I, and I was more efficient because I was like, I have this time, right? I have this time. It's important. And then I want to be with Georgie. And so I think that there were so many things that motherhood ended up giving to me that I did not foresee. Um, but in those moments when you, when I was, when I, you know, birth to six months, I was like, it's over for me. 
I have no, no more career. How can I do it? Like I was really, it was, I was, I was bleak about it. And poor Andy's like, no, you're incredible. You're incredible mom. You're incredible wife and you're incredible writer. And I was like, I'm not. Um, and so, you know, I think that it's, it, it's so interesting how everybody's experiences are so different, but creatively now I've learned that that was such a gift because I now draw on that. Um, I, I'm going to write a mom show with one of my friends who's on um, a kid's show right now. And we are constantly just texting each other being like, oh my gosh, this happened to me today. It's going in the show. This happened to me today. It's going in the show. And, um, and those experiences are so important because you know, they're relatable and, you know, there are other women out there who definitely feel the same as you, even if they can't vocalize it the same way as you. Mm. I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that because even like now I'm telling you, I'm, I'm on social media and I just, I'm looking at these moms and I'm like, well, how the heck, like wow. literally I'm starting to like, I started like pinning them and saving them and being like, oh, this is what you have to do. But more recently, I was just like, you know, and I was telling Bestie, I was like, you know, it's really just about the community that yeah. you have right now, because even though you had to process that, having people around you who are just like, it's OK, like we're here while you're trying to figure it out. I feel like it's so important. And that's one of the things as I prepare for these little ones that I'm doing right now. I'm like, whatever I feel, however I feel, I just need the people who love me around me to just support that. And that has yeah. been one of the biggest like revelations for me. I'm just Absolutely. like, oh, this needs to be here. Yeah. yeah. And the best advice I ever got was don't take anyone's advice because uh. how you are as a mom is going to be so different than anybody else. Yeah. And what's important to you as a parent. I mean, I see so many people who are like sleep training. Your babies is torture. And I, I did sleep training for Georgie. And it was the best thing I ever did. And that baby sleeps, which means I sleep, which means I am happy and a good mom and she's rested and healthy and gets better quick when she's sick. And so, but there are so many moms who are like, no, I co-sleep and I do this and that works for them. Yeah. And that's great. But they're, it's just about, you know, before I had Georgie, I didn't know that was going to be important to me. I didn't know that that was like going to be a, a huge part of figuring out our new normal. Um, and so I think that, you know, I, I just assumed I'd be able to breastfeed easily and I had a horrible struggle with it. And I, and I was so, I was so devastated that I couldn't like exclusively breastfeed this child. And now I always laugh. I'm like, oh my God, why didn't, why did I put myself through months of like self-loathing yeah. over yeah. breastfeeding? And it's, that seems so silly now. Like nobody goes up to you as an adult and is like breast or bottle. And, like, <laughs> and so I'm kind of like, I look back at how silly that was, yeah. um, you know, but there is a lot of, there's so many social, so many social pressures on moms, especially. And the but book, I, Kristen, the yeah. book. You know, but also people just don't, people just don't know. Like I, in New York, I was like a nanny to like some very high profile people uh, while pursuing my acting and hosting career. And 
I, I mean, I've worked at like residential treatment facilities. I've worked with kids who've just gotten out of juvenile hall. I mean, you name it. I've worked with kids who are like in the foster care system who have nothing and are super low income and like billionaire kids. And I'm sorry, but the only reason why people think that is just because they don't have experience taking care of kids. Because when you do, you're like, no, you need help. You need you need a community, whether it's your mom, whether it's a babysitter, whether it's a nanny, whether it's your cousin or your daycare. sister. Daycare. Yeah, daycare. Yeah. I mean, now there's this new respiratory disease out. So everybody's like freaking out. So I just... I also just think yeah. that it's like one of those things. I don't know if you ever saw that meme where it shows this like kid taking a picture and he has on like these new like Jordan sneakers and then they show the rest of the apartment and it's like a hole in the wall. And it's like, that's <laughs> what social media, well, it's like a social media is like, a snapshot in time where it's like people are showing right. you the best version of themselves. They're not showing you like they're like smiling and they're like, oh, this is our cute family pic. But they're not telling you or talking to you about the meltdown that their kid just had in the car and how right. they live everywhere. And they were like completely embarrassed in the store. They don't tell you that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, no, it's, it's curated all your, you know, and it's the Instagram curated version of your life, which you know, I think we all know, like, that's not real, but it's so hard when it's such a huge part of our lives now. I mean, yeah. for everything, especially in entertainment, when it's a marketing tool as well. Yeah. Um, like, I love social media. Like, I, I love, I'm so proud of of Georgie and, um, and Andy and this, like, life we've built together. And I love sharing that. Um, but I totally know that, like, there are times I look and I'm like, how'd they do that? You? Uh, you know, and all the time, all the time, Kristen, I'm like, how, how the heck is this even real? Like, I just, I'm just like, no, this can't be real. Like it can't be, but it's like these images that are ingrained in your head. Now you can't get yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. I remember thinking I needed to do like a huge, um, like big maternity photo shoot. Right. Like, and yeah. I had to come up with like a really sexy idea. And then I was like so tired when I was pregnant. We had like, I had a, a baby shower and I, the photographer is one of my friends from Stanford. And I was like, can you just take a picture of me with the bump? Can you just, like, that's it. Um, and I was so happy with that. But like, you know, I definitely think that there are certain things that I look at and I'm like, there's so many, like, you should do this or you, this is the right yeah. way when, you know. Yeah. I, had, wanna... I, I had that too, Kristen. Actually, I was on bed rest for a little while. We yes. went outside. We went outside. Of yeah. the, we went outside. No, don't, don't wait a second. Don't play she yourself. Did. She did not. She had a Pinterest board because I was there. Um, and she was like, I want to do this really stylistic thing where we do like these Polaroid shots. And she, yes, you did, Bestie. She knew like the I know, of, but it, it still was in my, it was in my home. It wasn't like in the studio. But it was like, very was creative. Thing. There was, was like, it was very it was creative. Like, but that's like personal to you and like your creativity and like, you know, I was like, I need a tiger. I need like, what am I going to do with it? You know, like, <laughs> Yeah, it was all these like crazy, like you know, I sent you a picture of a lady hanging from the roof 
and she was in a little like thing upside down pregnant. And I thought that was going to be my picture. <laughs> I thought, oh, and then I wound yeah. up going outside and I was like, oh, I found this image on Instagram. I wound up going outside. We have a lake. And I just sat down by the lake and I bought this dress off of off, off of Amazon and that was it. That was it. Perfect. Yeah, I remember being like, I don't have any like naked pictures of my bump. And I remember like taking a selfie before I gave birth in the bathroom being like, okay, chronicled. Um, <laughs> like, I did that too. I actually did that. I did yeah. that too, actually. Cause I was so like, oh, funny. I have that. It's, Cause I kept seeing it. It's so, so sad. It's like, they make, you, you know, they make you think you have to have all these things. Do you see this? Yes. Yeah, like, 100%. Sometimes, you know, Andy's very good at bringing me down to earth. Andy's like, what now? Um, <laughs> I, had this, like, I had this thing that I insisted on washing Georgie's head with when she was a baby. And she, you know, she had no hair. And I don't even remember what it was. But it was like this blue thing that was like rubber. And you're supposed to rub their top of their heads when you wash oh, it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Andy's watching me. And he's like, "What? what is that? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm supposed to do it. Oh <laughs> and he was like, oh, honey, I, I think you can just like, just take a washcloth. And I was like, no, this this prevents something. And, <laughs> you know, and he turned it into a whole bit. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you, you just kind of learn what works for you and how your family is going to function. And that is the most important thing. Yeah. You know, I want to, because I know we're getting very close to the end of the podcast, but I wanted to ask you about, you co-wrote a show called um, My Dad's a Famous Movie Star, and you did it with Andy, right? Yeah. So Andy and I, yeah, so we've, um, we're, I think we're going to have a title change, um, but yeah, so we, we co-wrote <laughs> um, co that movie. Um, uh, we're casting now, and we just, we had a blast. Um the movie takes place in um, takes place in Ireland, um, and that's where my whole family's from, and it's where Andy proposed to me. So there are a lot of like personal connections for us there, um, which is so lovely. But um, but we really we had so much fun, and um, you know we we met through work, and so it's in our nature to collaborate. And yeah. I think we're so lucky that you know, we have such a um, respectful, fun, loving partnership to begin with. Um, but we we really had fun that the, the um, it was interesting because he was filming while writing half of that. So I think the first half we were kind of scene by scene together, um, you know, um, having conversations about moments we we didn't agree on. And um, and so it was, we were together physically. And then the second part of it, we were passing back and forth. Um, and both really worked, really worked for us. Um, but, you know, he is so funny that I oh, kind of know that like, I, you know, we know our strengths and I kind of know, um, I have the ability to say, I know, here's a joke. I know Andy can do better. Right. And so I usually will put a pin in things I know are Andy's strength and he'll usually come to me for things he knows are my strength. Um, and that 
works really well for us. Um, it's been so fun. He's directing. Um, and so it, that's even more fun because he's looking at it through two lenses. Um, yeah. And I would love to direct eventually. So it's fun for me to, you know, be like, wait a minute, why, why? Explain to me why you want it that way. And, you know, he'll say, oh, well, for budget or for this. And, yeah. and that's like such so wonderful for me. And so, um, and so we really had fun doing it together. And, um, and, you know, we're, we have a few other things we're writing together and that's always fun. And, um, and I mean, we, we were writing a book together when we started dating. And so, oh. and so that it's, it's just kind of so natural for us. Ooh. Yeah, you know, that's so funny because I, I, I'm i pretty sure that Andy was part of like a comedy troupe, right? At one point. Yeah. Was he, he told us like about a, that on the show. Right? Yeah, he's he comes from theater and I come from theater. And so I think that um, I think that 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 collaboration is so important. Um, and yeah, he is he um, he did so much theater in L.A. and um, yeah. Yeah, and he he built the Hudson Theater um, on Santa Monica. So yeah, so he's he is um, very very funny and um, has such an incredible eye for talent and for directing. Yeah, that really helps me. And and that's really like it's such a we always read each other's work um, when we're not working together. We like I love seeing you know his his directorial work, and it's it's really like we're so lucky because it's such a tough business um, yeah. and to be able to lift each other up when, when we have hard weeks is so important for both of us, I think. Yeah. I yeah, that. no, I, I agree. Um, but also we usually have like a really fun question, right? Let's see. Yes. Yes. So I don't know why, but I thought it was an easy question, but the responses that I've been getting back are like, seriously. So I guess usually it's just supposed to be a thought provoking question. Um, and when Andy was on the show, it was like, what would your chance to make this world a better place be? And of course he was super hilarious about it. And was like, $5 lunches or something like that. I forget what he said. Like the song. You can't take him anywhere. Let me tell you. you cannot take that I'm still laughing off that. I was like, Hey, like, <laughs> it was so funny. But this season, um, this season, it's uh, we since we're filmmakers, uh, mm -hmm. we love film. We talked about a lot of films and and shows on this this particular episode. Uh, but this season, it's if you could only watch one movie or television show for the rest of your life, what would it be? Well, this is actually very easy for me. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I uh, my TV show would be Alias. For sure, yeah. which I've already mentioned. I, yeah, I can rewatch yeah. that. I mean, and I've got like a thing for Victor Garber. I'm very public about it. Like I, <laughs> I, love him. I literally, and Andy, Andy directed him in You Again, and he will not let me near Victor. It's strategic now. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's, on <laughs> and I don't think it's fair. Um, I, I think that I should be allowed to work with him on everything. Um, but yeah, I, I love Victor. I love Ron Rifkin. Oh my gosh. Um, the whole cast, I could just, uh, Michael Vartan, obviously Jen Gardner. Like I could watch all yeah. of them 
for ages. Um, every time I watch the show, I find new little things or I'll be like, oh, I would have done this different. Like now that's kind of the the vibe. Um, yeah. I'll give that a rewatch every couple years probably. And every time I'm like, oh, my heart, I just love it so much. Um, but I also admittedly have a lot of um, nostalgia. My dad and I watched that together mm-hmm. and we both just loved it. And um, my, my dad was a physician and just a really sweet guy. And he would just at, like some of the reveals in that show, he would gasp. And I always got such a kick out of like, <laughs> um, but then if I had to do a movie um, and not just because Andy directed it, but it would be, she's the man for sure. Yes, I love love She's the Man. I love the little love interaction between like a man. I'm a 12th night. I'm a 12th night fan. Period. I actually Shakespeare mug. Yeah, you know what? I actually had when I when I first got out of grad school, and you know this, Koya. I actually had like this web series that I was creating around the 12th night before I saw. Before I saw She's the Man, I literally had a web series. It was going to be like a rendition of that. I was so obsessed with it. So obsessed. It had to be my all-time favorite. Come back around. What did Kristen say? Things come back around, though. come back around. around. Do that. Do it. I am... Uh, yeah, I before I met Andy, that was my favorite movie. And then mm-hmm. I remember when I found out he directed it, I would like quote it back to him incessantly. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I'm a fan girl. I can't turn it That's off. That's how you guys work because you're like, you can't take him anywhere. You can't take him anywhere. Anyway, so true. We're a mess. Like, you're like my Shiro because that's me. I literally am like, uh, I, even when I was like researching, I was like, Kristen did this, Kristen did that. And she, like, I just love her and I just live my life and this and that. Cause I just get so geeked up over people. I just like, I'm like, but I only tell her that I don't like, do that. Uh, <laughs> no, like it's, it's so like, you know, I like, um, I got to work, I got to develop a show with Denise DeNovi, um, uh, a TV show with her company, Patma. And they are, they are magic over there, what they are doing. They're just mm-hmm. incredible. But I was, I, and I had to just tell her, I was like, Denise, I, I love everything you do. And I can't <laughs> even that I'm working with you. Um, I mean, I think I saw a walk to remember like a hundred times. Uh, in theaters. Oh, um, oh, me too. Right? I played in September. I had the soundtrack. You already know. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, Mandy Moore, Shane West. It was just uh, like, it just, I oh, live my yes. to be only your side. Pray to be oh my gosh. Yeah. I have that. Yes. Yeah. So good. And then at the end, when he's like, she got your miracle, it was you. I would be like, Uh, I would watch that movie. My sister was like, you just watch that movie to cry. That in the notebook. You just want to be Selena. You just want to cry. I was just like. (laughs) You just want to feel. so good. It's so so good. But she's like, I just like, you know, I, I, I fangirl. I just like, I can't help myself. I I love it. I love it. What's the point of doing this if you can't fangirl? I know. I mean, if you. My favorite. My absolute favorite is when somebody is like, 
I want to be in TV and film. And then they're like, I don't watch a lot of TV. And I'm like, <laughs> first yeah. of all, don't or, say that. Or like, they act like when they meet people that they absolutely love, that they just are like, I'm just going to play like I'm like no, I'm like no. I love you. Yeah, I, love you. I have no chill. I can't. I have no. no I'm like I love you. You're so amazing. Like I just literally go in. I literally. I know, go. and it's like you like you talk. We talked so much about Shonda. Like I want to work with her more than anything. Yeah. I absolutely should not be allowed to work with her. <laughs> I'd be like, no. I'd be like, what? Let me write down everything you have said. Let me like, can I record? Like I just, you know, it's. But like, I don't know. I think if you don't allow yourself to be excited like that, that's, that is what you're, that's what you're putting out into the world too. And, and um, yeah, I have no shame. I, I have no chill. I have no shame. Um, One day Andy will let me meet Victor Garber and it will be amazing. Yeah, and just let you, you know, just let you be, just let you fan girl. Yeah, be your authentic, be your authentic, What's the point of doing this? I know we can't we can't Jen, like Jen, stand for the people we love. Come on, yes. Come on. Jen Gardner calls him on Instagram. She calls him Spy Daddy, and I'm uh, always like, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Oh my God, that is so hilarious. What a life, Andy. What a life. Hi, Daddy. And I'm like, (laughs) oh my God. Well, we know know that you are doing amazing things. You're going to continue to do amazing things. And now you're a friend to the show. So we know you're always going to come back. Always. Any time. This is so fun. I am so, so happy that you had me. What a, what an honor. I love it. And if people want to follow you on social media, can you just shout out your social media handles? Yes. I am at Kristen's rights. Kristen writes things on Instagram. Um, And then my blog, which is in my profile is K writes things. Um, And that is where you can find me. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. So everybody, please follow Kristen. Also look out for all of the wonderful things that she is doing and follow her. And yeah, anything you want to say? Oh, and everybody, you know, let's wish Tish the best of luck with these. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Anything you need, you let me know if you need any like recommends. Yes. Yes, because you know, all that support that you're telling mom groups out here, and I just, I just, I literally had to turn it off. I had to turn yeah. it off. No, yeah. listen, I, I support you, and I will like you. Anything you need, you let us know. Please and- text her because everything that like I don't have any children, so I can only <laughs> be a source of support um, in my lane. Uh, but please text her because everything you were saying earlier, she needs that. And I understand. I literally said that, Kristen, you literally, everything that you were talking about, I literally have been saying to her. I'm like, how am I going to do this? Like literally. So I'll tell you. I feel you. I I feel you. Like you, you will do it. You just have to give yourself some time and grace. Yeah. And that's the hardest thing. And some realistic advice, maybe the writing (laughs) during nap time. I literally think she said that. Uh, I did did say that. That's not going to happen. So, you know, you guys just 
tag team that. And then, you know, we'll handle that leg of Bestie's life. And then yes. I'll come in and solidify it. And then we'll just like. Yes, just I did like, say that. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah. No, I I think I'm, I, I don't think I've ever done it successfully. Like I don't, I, because like you are so tired by the time that nap time comes, you're going to be like, and, and you know, there's this, this, I know, I know we're, I know we're out of time, but uh, there is this, this thing that women or like parents do at night. That's like revenge, like staying up late or something. And it's because you don't feel like you have enough time for yourself. Um, oh. And it's like, I'll find the term for it. There's so, social media has coined like a term that was actually really good. Um, I'll send it to you. But, um, and I have some good realistic mom accounts that are like so fun um, that I'll, uh, I'll share with you. In my way, please. Cause I'm just yes, like, these super moms, they just kill me. They kill every, me. Listen, every mom is a super mom, even if you feel like a hot mess, because yeah. it's just, getting through the day is, is an accomplishment. Yeah, no, it is. But also, guys, remember, we are on YouTube now. So make sure that you subscribe. Subscribe to us at Tulaja to QT on YouTube and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. So at and soon to be TikTok working on it. We need to TikTok conversion conversion. Yeah. And also, if you had if you haven't checked it out, check out Andy Fickman's episode season one. You know, we're just going to loop it in. And put it. Yeah. He's an OG. He's a yeah. season winner. He's, he's <laughs> I, a know, I know. He's a I know. Of the show. He's a veteran <laughs> of the show. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're so, so excited. Thank you guys for joining us today. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you, Thank you guys. Thank Hashtag you. Goals. <laughs> All day, every single day. And we love you guys. And thank you for the analytics. I always say that when I come on, I talk about the analytics. Thank you, guys. Spotify. Numbers person. All right. There you go, Bestie. Go ahead. We're going to let you have your moment. Spotify. All right. Thank you, there. We appreciate you. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>